Josh here. If you like the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You'll get exclusive weekly bonus stories from all your favorite guests. And you can ask me questions about the show or my creative process. Find the link in the show notes. And thanks for your support. It was a punishment for him breaking his his own rule in a way. So we're just beyond disgusted, but it has to be done. You know, we look in the middle of the table, there's the ketchup bottle. So one of us, I remember doing it myself, but I'm not sure. One of us grabs it and opens the top and looks inside. Welcome to Atypical Daydream, a podcast about life on the road. I'm Josh, your host, and thanks for stopping by. My first guest is Andy Creighton. He's a singer, songwriter, and a band leader. His band, The World Record, is one of my all-time favorite L.A. bands. Andy's story is fun, yet stomach-churning. And it confirms the truth that we've all eaten some undesirable things without knowing it. This was to be the last tour that I would do with Aiden. Aiden were a band uh, on Teen Beat Records, and they were on their third album. This was touring their third album. I had been a substitute guitarist or drummer in the band for various tours, and now I had moved away from Chicago, and I got the call from Jeff Graham, who was the boss man of the band, asking if I could play guitar on this tour. It turned out to be this great tour. It was the shows were packed. We toured with great bands. I made a lot of friends. Uh, it was just a really delightful time. So we're touring for this album called Hey 19, and the tour is going through the South. We've already had a bit of a weird moment uh, in Florida when this sound guy was caught by the bassist rummaging through our bags, which were in the green room. So he walked in on this guy, and he's, he's you know elbow deep in our bags, he played it so cleverly. I know I couldn't have done it as well as he did. This guy's name is Jeff Grossfeld, by the way, the bass player of Aiden at that time. He said, oh, are you looking for a CD? Here. And the guy, of course, was caught red-handed, so he had to sort of take any out that he could get. And so he took it. So he's like, oh, well, here, I've got CDs over here. They're $10. And he forced him to buy a CD. And that was... But then what happened was Jeff... Graham, the singer, guitarist, heard about it. You know, we all talked about it. And so he then, for retribution, stole a microphone from the club that night. And But then he felt bad about it in the morning. So before we left town, we drove back to the club and he put it through the mail slot. So he gave them back their microphone. But I was going to tell you about an event that happened in uh, Union, Alabama, which is really just a little dot on the map. We were I'm sure that we had just played Birmingham the night before, and we were heading west across the South U.S. So we're driving down the freeway, and we're all getting hungry. It's probably early to midday, and talking about what we're going to eat, which is, if you've been on tour, one of the things that you do a lot. Jeff Graham, he preferred to avoid chain restaurants. So there are options, obviously, anywhere in the U.S., like McDonald's and Subway. And I think everyone wanted to go to Subway. That was, we all just said, let's just go to Subway. We were kind of beat, tired, and 
We just wanted a simple meal. But uh, Jeff didn't want to do that. He insisted that we just continue a little bit further and see if anything popped up that was unique to the area of Nowheresville, Alabama. I don't mean Nowheresville in a derogatory way. I just mean it was literally like there was nobody around. Uh, And then we pass a sign on the freeway and it says uh, Wishbone Restaurant. So we're like, okay, that sounds interesting. And underneath it, it said the best burger in Alabama or something to that effect. I'm pretty sure that's, that's close to what it said. Best burger in Alabama. And we all thought, okay, well, if that's their claim, that's worth stopping for. So we won't go to Subway. We'll follow Jeff Graham to the Wishbone. So we turned off and went a little ways off the road into Union, Alabama, which was one of those really tiny towns that exists because there's a gas station there or something. Boy, I hope that people in Union don't all start picketing because I really don't mean to denigrate Union. Anyway, we parked at the Wishbone and went inside. As I recall, there was nobody really there. I mean, there were the employees, a few of them, and no other patrons. Uh, We sat down at like a four-top square table. We were given menus, and we were looking through, but we all know we're just going to get the the burger. In fact, here's something worth noting. Uh, Matt Datesman was the drummer on this tour, and he was a vegetarian. But in the spirit of the sign that made this bold claim, he's like, okay, well, just this once, I'm going to break my rule. I'm going to have a burger because in the spirit of camaraderie, you know, I'm going to do this. So we're all getting burgers. So she comes back and we order four burgers and fries and they arrive and we just start chowing down and we're starving. And, you know, it's a good burger. I mean, as I recall, in the middle of the table, there's like a red and yellow squeeze bottle of ketchup and mustard. And we've all got fries. We squirt little mountains of ketchup that we can dip our fries in. And I sort of see, oh, there's a little like burned piece of burger that's fallen into my ketchup, you know, a little black dot. So I move it aside with a fry, I keep eating. And then like I keep eating and there's another one in there. So I take a closer look and then I see another one and I look at it and it turns out it's a little gnat. It's a little like fruit fly. Immediately I drop my fries. I'm like, guys, check your ketchup. I remember this part really cinematically because I, I picture us going around the table, all four of us, looking at each person's respective little mound of ketchup. So it goes to Jeff Grosfeld and he checks it and he sees some black dots in there, three or four. Then we go to Jeff Graham. There's some in his as well. It gets to Matt Datesman and all there is left on the plate is this schmear where he has, you know, squeegeed the last of the ketchup onto his last fry and eaten it. His ketchup is gone. And we all know what that means. Any flies over in there are inside his body now. And the best part is that he's the vegetarian. Like this is really, it was like, it was a punishment for him breaking his, his own rule in a way. So we're just beyond disgusted, but it has to be done. You know, we look in the middle of the table, there's the ketchup bottle. So one of us, I remember doing it myself, but I'm not sure. One of us grabs it and opens the top and looks inside. And there's just, there look like poppy seeds inside this ketchup, just fruit flies and maggots in the ketchup. So. We're just, you know, trying to keep our stomachs calm. And we get up and we immediately leave. Jeff Graham pays the meal. He pays the bill, I mean. We get back into the car. Now, one of the things that I really liked about touring with Aiden was that Jeff Graham likes to stretch his legs a lot. So he'll find a park. He always has a Frisbee or a football or something. And you just kind of stretch out and get a little action. And so 
we need this now. You know, we've eaten these burgers and they might've been great, but it's all tainted. He finds the nearest park and we get out and start throwing this. It was one of these, he got it at Walmart. I think it's like a, a football, it's a Nerf football that has grooves in it. And then there's a tail, looks like a rocket tail with fins. So it kind of stays, you know, pointing forward as you throw it, even if you're terrible. He had a great arm too, I remember. We would always back up so that he could throw it to his distance, but I could never throw it back. Anyway, we get out and we're just like feeling disgusted. You know, we've taken a chance on this place and it's been a terrible experience and we should have gone to Subway. And Matt Datesman goes into the bathroom. There's a little, you know, one of those concrete block bathrooms in the park. And he's in there a bit. And then he comes out and he says, guys, you have to see this. And when someone comes out of the bathroom and says that to you, you're not sure what to think. But, you know, we go into the bathroom in the stall where he was, in the grout on the wall, it says, and I wrote down the date, and it was only three days, I think, before the day of this event. In the grout, someone has scrawled, wishbone, 22801. I really felt like it might have been their dying words. Like they too had eaten at the wishbone and were in the bathroom stall and they just took the time to write the name of the restaurant and the date as if in some kind of warning, this desperate warning to people. This next story comes from Thomas Sutherland. He's a singer, songwriter, and a band leader. You'll know him from his band, Ray on Beach, but he now performs as Thomas Sutherland. As the old adage says, adapt or perish. And Tom's story reveals one clever trick to survive. Learning on the job, there's still, there are so many things that, that you can't prepare for. And it's like you are traveling across the country with a bunch of different people. There's a lot that can go wrong. You're kind of herding cats. You're kind of like trying to ride a bicycle and juggle and hope nothing goes wrong, basically. We had this tour. It was the longest tour we had been on, and it was about 30 days. It was an international tour. It was like America and Canada. We went on tour with John Wesley Coleman. He had a pretty awesome booker who really liked Rayon Beach. We went straight up to New York from Austin, all the way down through the South, back through Austin, all the way up the West Coast, and then over to Chicago, where our record label was, Hozak Records, and Milwaukee. And then from there, we entered Detroit, and we entered Canada, and we had three days booked in Canada. And playing in Canada as a whole, you know, there was, there's been a lot of like bands that would get kicked out of Canada if they tried to act like they weren't musicians you know, and they weren't there to sell merch and stuff, or, you know, if they tried to hide their merch and then they found it. And so that was this kind of whole ordeal. So the booker had set up like, they sort of got like a work order situation. So for those three shows, basically you get like the club to pay for this sort of like little temporary visa thing. And then, so then you're good to go. And so we had three days in Canada. One was in um, Toronto, one was in Ottawa, and the other was in Montreal. And then we're playing this show in Detroit and the town across the border from Detroit is a town called Windsor. So we had to make it from Detroit to Toronto the next day. You still have to go through customs and all that. So you don't know how long that's going to take. But anyway, so we're playing the show in Detroit and it's in this place called the Painted Lady, which is 
this storied bar that like Iggy Pop and a bunch of other Detroit musicians would hang out at and play at. And this band, Timmy's Organism, had set up the show. And uh, we play awesome shows. We slay really hard. And then the next day, we have to go into Canada and... um Rachel Shear, who played keyboards in Rayon Beach and saying she realizes she can't find her passport. So oh, I have to back up too for a second. So Rachel's brother played keyboards with John Wesley Coleman. And so to kind of make this easier, I was going to play bass and Mike of Rayon Beach was going to play drums. So it was just going to be John Wesley Coleman, me on bass and Mike on drums and Colin Shear on keyboards. So there's about five of us all together comprising two bands. So that's not that big of a deal for a van ride. The first start of the tour, Colin sure was a wild man. He already had like a DWI. He got another one. He got arrested. That's a whole other story. So then we're in Detroit and the Shear twins, the Wonder Twins, Colin and Rachel, Colin has DWIs. So we are already preparing to figure out how to like smuggle him into Canada because you can't enter Canada if you have DWIs. And now Rachel has lost her passport. So we're like, and we're in the middle of the tour. So what that means is potentially all those other dates, you're going to miss out all the money on that. You're potentially have to be a band that cancels. And So Timmy's organism, um, he's like, I have an idea. He's like, there is a casino in the Canadian side of Detroit, basically, which is a town called Windsor. And they do shuttle buses that come into uh, Detroit and go back out to the casino back and forth, right? So he's like, this is what we're going to do. We can put Colin and Rachel on the shuttle bus. They'll probably just check your ID, but you don't really need to show them a passport. And then you guys go through, the rest of y'all go through customs and then go pick them up at the casino. And so we're like, fuck it, what other choice do we have? We do that. We go to the shuttle place. I think there's even like another little side saga of like Colin's ID was expired. And it was like, what in the fuck, man? And so anyway, they, we put them on the bus, on the shuttle. They go across the border. They go to the casino. We go through customs. They're like asking us about our merch. And we're like, yeah, we have the thing. We have the visa. John Wesley Coleman had like these airwalks with like flames on them. The Canadian police officer was like, very cool airwalks. We're like, thank you. Uh, We passed through customs. We nailed it. So then we go to the casino and like Colin had been gambling and they had all this free food. And so we picked him up and it totally fucking worked. Now we're in the great white north (laughs) and we've smuggled in the the sheer twins. They're not, they're kind of twins. And we've we've kept the tour going and we've averted danger. And that's also one of the ways that you learn on the road and also you avert total catastrophe. There's no there's no playbook, but if you talk to people around you, you start to learn how to proceed. So that was awesome. I loved it. I want to thank Andy and Tom for sharing their experiences. Make sure to check out Andy Creighton's band, The World Record. Also, check out Tom's band, Rayon Beach, and his solo work as Thomas Sutherland. This podcast was created and produced by me, Josh Caldwell. Music by Visual Aid, my side music project. General support and copywriting by Miranda Caldwell. If you like the show, please follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back next week.